Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great, Jay. I'm back to be back in the building. We back with another great episode, man. Took some time off, but we're going to explain that to you right now, man. But great to see you again, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Like how you said, man, we did we did have to take some time off. Unfortunately, Jay, they don't want to see us winning out here, Jay. They, they, they don't want to see us winning. The day after Christmas, Jay, no. we were supposed to re- record our Christmas special episode. Talk about all these great games and what happens, Jay. The Wi-Fi goes down, so your boy can't even record. So then we were trying to record on the 27th. Then the computer goes down, Jay. Everything's just working again against us but you know what jay that don't matter because we here we 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 push through we here and we here to give a fire fire episode it's the new year jay i'm not even going to talk about things that have passed i'm not even going to talk about Sir. 2021 jay it's january we 2nd even... 2022 let's get yeah. it jay <laughs> yeah i forgot i didn't even say that man happy new year's brother and all to all our uh, listeners happy holidays because we said this we had originally recorded that episode as well we just weren't able to get that up due to all those uh, technical difficulties. But man, yeah, happy New Year's, happy holidays. It's 2022, man. And like we said on our post, man, Clutch Talk coming different this year. Um, but the same at the same time. Like new, you heard what LaMelo said, man. <laughs> new year. Same new me. me but same me, <laughs> same me, same us, man. Just doing what we do, man. Yes, sir. Jay, always bringing that fire content, man. So like how we always say, Jay, let's let's get all the small talk out the way and let's get into the hoop talk, man. As long as all the fans have already liked, comment, subscribe, follow us on our Instagram in the description down below, then we can just get straight into it. You ready to talk about some hoop, Jay? Absolutely. As always, man. Let's do it, Jay. So today we're going to start with, you know, we usually start with the up or down segment. We're going to go a a different direction today. It's the new year, so we're going to do a little something different, Jay. We're going to start with a different segment. We're going to start with the would you rather segment. So I got a couple of would you rather hear statements for uh, for you, Jay. You let me know what you're feeling, all right? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it, Jay. First statement I got here is, which rebuilding position would you rather be in? Would you rather be in the Pistons rebuilding position, which is the last in the East, or would you rather be the Rockets rebuilding position, which is last in the West? Man. Terrible choices. Yeah, those are two two tough choices, two (laughs) two, bottom-of-the-barrel teams. But after what I just saw in Houston last night, and let's talk about what we heard last night, Mm -hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood, um, what happened at halftime, Steven Silas said he goes into the locker room, you know, the clip, the Rockets are down a lot to the Nuggets um, at home. Steven Silas comes in, gets gets on the guys. First of all, Christian Wood missed a mandatory. I think it was a protocol check in his check in before the game. He gets benched, uh, benched to start the game. And then Kevin Porter is getting on him. Uh, their their uh, their assistant coach is getting on him. He stays in the, the locker room. He leaves the he leaves the building, says, I'm done. I'm done with the team, leaves the Toyota Center, and he's on his way, man. And that just sounds like, number one, and then they tried to sub, sub in Christian Wood to start the second half. He didn't want to play, so he didn't play at all. The coach said it was, you know, a coach's decision not to play him. But we know that's BS uh, after what all the reports and, and stuff, like, came out like that after the game, Jay. So the judging of all, like, all the turmoil and the things that, that have gone on, you know, along with John Wall still not being able to play and saying they want to go with these young guys. 
if you're going to go with the young guys, then fine, go with the young guys. But if you're going to have all this stuff going on, all this non-basketball stuff, guys leaving the building, your young guys that you've put all this promise to in Kevin Porter Jr., then I don't want to be the Rockets, man. And then you look at a team like the Pistons flipping it to their side. Man, huge win last night against the Spurs. Um, you, you've seen that dagger from, I believe it was Sadiq Bey. Sadiq that shot. Sadiq yeah. Bey, who's rolling, playing great basketball. It was late. Uh, Hamadou Diallo Diallo's playing great with all those guys they got out right now. And Cade Cunningham, man. I feel like Cade Cunningham, if we're going to go to the draft picks, um, and we already talked about this when our episode way back with Lance, maybe that was a two few, few weeks ago, Jay. But we talked about Jalen Green. I think he's the worst. Even if you go all the way to Kaminga at mm-hmm. the seventh pick, the top mm-hmm. seven picks, I would say I'd be the most worried out of all those seven picks including Josh Giddy and Jalen Suggs. I'd be the most concerned if I were uh, the Rockets about that pick. And I'm really assured with Cade Cunningham being their number one guy in Detroit. So I'd rather be Detroit, even though they got the worst record. So I answer that, that <laughs> question in a long fashion, man. But that's how I'm feeling, Jay. How about you? And I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm right there with you, Jay. You know, I, I really did think that, that the Rockets had something special going with all these young guys. But now, but now you know, when I, when, as I've been watching the Pistons uh, throughout this season, they're just really – as much, as much as you can put it together for the last place team, they're putting it together for a last place team. Yeah, right. Kate, Kate, start, uh, Kate, Kate, starting, Kate starting to look good. But like how you said, Jay, I think the biggest problem is the Rockets, dog. Like, this is not – this is Kevin Porter's second time fighting with his team. I remember, I remember he had got kicked out the league for a little bit mm-hmm. because he like threw a chair at some of the, uh, I think it's some assistant coach of the, yeah. of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. The Rockets right now is looking messy. It's looking turmoil. It's not, not just basketball, man. It looks like some personal drama going on over there. It's just, it's just turmoil that I don't want to have anything to do with it, Jay. So I'm right there with you yeah. with the Pistons Absolutely. on that one. Yeah. But all right, Jason. What's up? Yeah, no. And, and one more thing is like you, you can be a losing team and and have like, you, you know, be in a rebuild mode, but you want to have good losses and mm-hmm. you want to be in a culture that's kind of creating and building up guys. You know, whether it's you, you have losses, you, you know, you're losing, you know, you're you're undermanned, you're, you're outmatched every game. But if you have the mentality and that go hard um, culture like like Dwayne Casey's creating there in Detroit, that's what you'd rather be uh, with in the future. So that's why we're feeling them. To, just to, to explain that. To, lear- to learn from to learn from the losses, right, Jay? You know what I'm exactly. saying? Not just take exactly. a loss. Take a loss, learn what you did. Next game, bounce back, man. The Rockets not doing that right now, Jay. So, yep. uh, all right, Jay. So, so let's let's kick it to our next uh, our next statement that I have here. All right, Jay, which role player would you rather have on your team? Mikael Bridges or Tobias Harris? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Role player. So we're calling we're calling Tobias Harris a role player. Yeah, I, w- I would say he's a role player. I would say uh, for for what he does because he's a supplementary piece to the star, which is Joel. Uh, I'm gonna go with just in terms of what defensively Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges does and brings to uh, to the Suns. I feel like he's the better, more versatile role player because he's going to guard and pick up your best guy. And then even on the offensive end, you know, his numbers are down um, to his standards. You know, he's not shooting on the ball as well as he did last year, but in terms of the two and giving me more defensively and in you're feeling him every night, if you're, you're the other team's best uh, player, ask Stephen Curry, ask guys who have been guarded by him, you know, throughout the season, throughout this past two, 
three years that he's been real, you know, one of the premier three and D guys in the league. Uh, I would rather have Mikhail Bridges. And he was a huge reason why they made the finals last year and picked up two games against the Bucks. So uh, I'm going to go with Mikhail Bridges on that. But you got to- Toby or or Mikhail. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with Mikhail, Jay. You know how I feel about him, man. I think he's just the best role player in the league right now, man. Just can give it to you uh, every, everywhere, on, everywhere on the court and doesn't get ahead of himself. He understands that he's not out there to score 25, so he's not trying to put up 20 shots a game, man. He, he knows his role. And I think that's the best thing with these role players, Jay. But all right, Jay. So then let's keep it pushing, Jay, to the next statement that I have here is which young star would you rather have on your up-and-coming team, mm-hmm. SGA or Ja? Ja, ja, ja. That's, that's, <laughs> bro, that's too easy, man. That's too easy, we Jay. Seen, I don't know. SGA kind of good, Jay. I, I mean, SGA, SGA is good, but, I mean, Ja's just different. And, and in terms of, you know, he's given effort on both sides of the floor. Not to say SGA isn't, but, I mean, his team's also winning. Um, he, he's creating that culture. And I also would say, and I, and I, and I saw this um, comparison as well, like if I'm talking about young backcourts in the league and, and just even premier backcourts in the West, I'm I love Desmond Bain and uh, and John ja Morant and mm-hmm. Jaws the the one half of that. And I think that Jaw just in terms of the potential, his rub off effect um, and, and what he can do, what he brings to his teammates, um, you know, playmaking wise, I'm more comfortable just giving that the nod to to Jaw. Not to take anything away from Shea. He's he's a great player as well. But I got to see those wins first before I'm able to, to go with you and and w- choose you as a younger player that I'd rather have in the future. Right. OK. And and, and honestly, I, I respect that, Jay. And I, and I was I was even talking to uh, to Junior about this over the weekend. I was saying, OK, SGA, SGA or Ja. And Junior said the same thing. He thought about it for a second. He's like, wait, what? No, Ja, clearly. But I just and I, and I would go with John, too. I really would. But I just don't think it's as like as clear as people kind of make it out to be because SGA is a star, man. I'm going to talk about him a little, a little bit later in the episode, but he is a star in, 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 the, in the making. And I think that if you could get some better pieces around him, he could he, he could do a lot, man. But but I, I have to uh, uh, end up agreeing with you by going with John. So, okay, okay. I, all right, Jason. I'm interested to see that. I'm interested <laughs> to see what you, what you got for that, because I don't know. I mean, I said it right away. I was like, oh, Ja, easy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at the numbers and and and, and what he's just done and at games and the shots he makes, um, the plays he makes, the confidence he has in, in himself and his teammates have in him, it's not as clear-cut as people make it. You're right about that, though. Absolutely, Jay. Absolutely. All right, Jay. So let's kick it to our last would you rather statement. This one's good. This one's juicy, Jay. Would you rather be in the Nets Kyrie Irving situation or would you rather be the 76ers in the Ben Simmons situation? Man, that's both. That's, that's both, both suck. Both, both are terrible situations, man. But which would I rather be in? Like, which team would I rather have? Be, be the GM be of. Yeah. Uh, I would say right now is, is Kyrie, the, the Nets situation. I mean, first of all, you're the number one team in the East, or were until I guess yesterday. <laughs> the you're Bulls. the second team. Yeah, you're the top top team. Uh, man, the Bulls are rolling, by the way. But uh, but yeah, no, the top, your top two team, top one mm-hmm. team, and you have been for most of the season. Obviously, he's coming back and he's playing basketball. Honestly, that's a big thing. Like he's playing basketball. He's gonna be even if he's playing half the games. You guys sold in, sold your soul to let him play. Um, as we've talked about on, on the last episode, but he um, he's back. He's playing basketball. Ben Simmons still hasn't uh, hasn't played a game. So 
Um, I'd rather be in a situation where I have my star playing player playing half the games, playing some basketball at least. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Jay. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ben Simmons situation, honestly, in my opinion, has got to be just one of the worst, like, player-to-team interaction that's going on with the team. Like, they both are just being hard-headed. It's a stalemate. Yeah. Ben Ben won't go back. Daryl Morey won't trade him for anything less than what, what will take him to the number one seed again because, they really, they were the number one seed last year. And with Kyrie, mm-hmm. you're at least getting, like how you said, you're at least getting him for some of the games in – that's that's better than nothing, man. So I'm right there with you, Jay. So we got all agreements on this on this Would You Rather segment. All right, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. So let's kick it to the next segment, Jay. In this segment, we inter- we tried to introduce this on the on the previous episode, but you like I said, the the world is trying to hate on us, Jay. They mm-hmm. wasn't trying to have it go up. So we're gonna introduce it for the first time, Jay. This is the red, yellow, green segment. This is how this is gonna work, Jay. I'm gonna list the top eight teams from each conference west and the east and you're going to rank how urgently they need to they need to uh, be looking to make moves whether it's through trades buyouts uh just making roster constructions whatever it is red means stop don't do nothing you're you're good where you are yellow means proceed proceed with with precaution green means you need to do something yesterday you've been needed to do something so are you cool you cool with that jay yeah, absolutely. Let's get it. This is a funny ass game. Let's get it. it is, let's kick it. Let's get kick it off with the East Coast, Jay. First team we got, like you said, the number one seed, you Chicago Bulls. What are they? Jay, what are, <laughs> what we had been going back and forth on some text messages. Uh-huh. And what I had said to John for, for those of our listeners is I said to him, the championship window opens and it closes so fast. So you look at a team like the Bulls a team who's playing the best basketball that they've played in years. I mean, you might even say past the Derrick Rose MVP years to mm-hmm. the man himself, MJ, who I consider a GOAT. I know, John, you, you don't consider it a GOAT, but we're not even going to get into that. So that's a while back. That's like, what, 24, 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as I've been on the earth, right? <laughs> so if you look at it and you say right now you're playing the best basketball, you got DeMar DeRozan playing at a career level, you got Zach Levine also playing the best basketball of his career. Um, you got you brought in that tandem. You got Lonzo Ball. You got uh, added Alex Caruso in the offseason. You got Nikola Vucevic as your star, your star center um, that you, you made in the, uh, the trade deadline last year. Why not maximize that championship window? And bring in a guy like Jeremy Grant, who I brought up to John, who I brought up to you in, in, in that conversation where I was saying, what about Jeremy Grant? You trade up, trade Patrick Williams, who I know the Chicago Bulls are a huge fan of that. They believe he's the future. You know, they spent a, a fourth round pick, uh, fourth, sorry, fourth pick in the first round um, of two years ago and invest in their future. And I know they're going to be very hesitant to make that deal, but I'm just I just think of it in a way that you got to maximize that potential, even if it's bringing in Miles Turner as a center. But we've seen what Vucevic has been doing lately. He's playing Mm -hmm. at great basketball, what they had envisioned when they brought him in from Orlando. So I'm just thinking of it like it's a yellow for me on even when you asked me on the last question, I did some more time to ponder and take in and take in that to account, you know, that window, how how fragile that window is like it could get cracked at any time. And it's not the right opening you want. You want it to be opened and, and intact, right? So that championship, you got to maximize it. I think bring in Jeremy Grant. Um, so I mean, even say green. I'm going to say make that deal. Make a deal that's going to put you as 
a contender as a alt, the team who's going to be for sure in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, as we've seen, anything can happen. A ro- your roll ankle away from winning a championship or being in a championship. Because right now, as it sits, I don't think they're a better team than Brooklyn with Kyrie playing half the games. <laughs> uh, for sure, I don't even think with Harden and a healthy KD. I don't think they're better. They're beating them in a seven game series in the playoffs. And I don't think they're beating Milwaukee in a seven game series as it sits um, come May, come June. So right now, I think they got to make a move to maximize that window. Uh, and, championship and, to be and, 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 and if they brought in a player like, like, like Jeremy Grant and let go of Patrick Williams, you, th- you would feel more confident having them beating the Bucks and the Nets in the seven game series. I, I I wouldn't go as far. I would say you have a better chance. Yeah, okay. I would say okay. you have a better chance to to beat those guys. Because um, as it sits, I don't think defensively they're good enough. Yeah, um, to beat those guys. So, so so you're right. So Jay, like you got to maximize and get the best offensive capabilities you can. I think Jeremy Grant does that if you bring him in. So. Yeah, Jay. Honestly, right. I'm, I'm 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 right there with you. That was that was a great argument. And even the other day when uh, when we were texting about it, and you you know you had brought up that uh, that championship window, and I I totally agree. They have a small championship window. They need to take advantage of it. They cannot let this slip up. They're playing some historic basketball right now. I don't think anybody had the Bulls sitting at the number one seed, right? But. I, I don't know if me personally, if I'm ready to give up on Patrick Williams, man, I just, I really like the player that he is and the fit that he is on that Bulls, on that Bulls roster, man, the Bulls, they got their scores. They got people to put the ball in the basket and all types of ways. DeMar, Zach, uh, I would say are three, are, are, two, three-level scores. Mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball, I wouldn't go as far as he's a three-level scorer, but he can definitely get his. Ella Caruso, definitely a great role player. Vucevic, definitely a three-level scorer. Now, Patrick Williams can fit that gritty, I'm just going to play defense role, which I would which I would love on there for him. But, I mean, I have to, I have to, I have to agree. I have to agree that Jeremy Grant, as of today, as of January 2nd, 2022, is a better player than Patrick Williams. So, would they would, it would right now make the Bulls better. But I just don't know if that fit, man. I just really like that fit of Patrick Williams. The only the only player I'm thinking for the Bulls to bring in, I mean, we've talked about this so many times, Miles Turner, only because the, the Pacers are looking to rebuild. Give them some young players. Patrick Williams is a young star. Give him some other young stars. Give him some draft picks. And then now you got that that rim protection that we, they know they vitally need, man. I mean, just, j- j- just the other day, um, uh, I don't want to misspeak. Uh, who, who were they playing? Um, the bulls, are, I forgot who they're playing, but they had allowed 72 points in the paint. Like that's just, that's just way too much. That's, that's a problem. So was it uh, the Pacers? I, no. I, 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 I don't know it if it was have... the Pacers, but I, I but I, this was like two days ago. So I think it was the Pacers because yeah. that's when DeMar hit the game winner. Right. 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 Yep. Yep. So it was the Pacers. Yeah. So they got 72 points in the scored in the paint. That's a problem, bro. You know, you bring, in a, you bring in a great defensive player like Miles Turner to plug in that that that, that middle, and that plugs it all mm-hmm. up. And that's just what you were talking about. Remember in the beginning of the season, Jay, you were like, "Yeah, I like the I like the team, but the rim protection scares me." And that's mm-hmm. that's what it is right now, man. But yeah, all right, Jay, all right. So the, the Bulls, the Bulls is a lot, Jay. I, I like the Bulls a lot, man. But all the right, Bulls so, are nice. Hey, they're solid they're nice. Squad, so. They're nice, Jay. But all right, so so let's keep it pushing and let's talk about the number two seed, Brooklyn Nets, green, yellow, or red, Jay. I'm thinking uh, it's red for them. Like they don't got to make any moves. Uh, you just need Kyrie playing. If he gets the bags and plays all the games, I think you're a cha- you're in the cha- you're in the finals for sure. Yeah. A lot for me. Um, no one's beating with those three healthy. Um, and then they they've already shown. I think I love the addition of Pat, uh, Patty Mills in the offseason. 
Um, Nick Claxton, we've seen what his versatility can do as a defender. I think you got your big right there, the big that they've needed. Um, and the rim protection, a guy who can stretch, come out and guard you on the perimeter. And then we know he's a he's a rim protector as well. Um, and, and we'll get into it a little bit, but I think rim protecting to a to an a fault can be kind of overrated in terms of if a big man like a Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. who when I was watching Warrior Game, like we'll get into that as well when when I break down what I saw on that, but. It can be overrated in a sense if he can't switch out and guard, but you got a guard, a big who can switch out and guard almost one through five, or at least stay with guys in Nick Claxton, which is hard to say and hard to to find. Um, like honestly, you look around the league, I can only think of like Bam, and maybe that's it. <laughs> that's Duke it. Cook, maybe a few more, but there, it's it's far and few between. Um, between those guys who can step out. So I'm thinking Brooklyn, you don't got to make any moves, man. Just get those three playing two, at least playing all the games, then maybe have Kyrie and you still got a really good shot uh, to be in the finals for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. Red, you just got to get Kyrie Irving back. And yeah. Things, things will get rolling, man. So let's keep it pushing, Jay. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks also red for me, I think. But I will say this, I think they're, when we talked about you, when you asked me this on the last one, I think that they're kind of missing PJ Tucker more than they, I think they envisioned that gritty guy, um, Bobby Portis. He's still a dog. And I think PJ Tucker actually brought a lot about that out of him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bobby Portis isn't the most outspoken guy, but I think PJ Tucker br- brought a little more of that beast outside of him. And we saw that in the playoffs last year, of what really he could do um, when, when he's in his bag and, and, and playing with that kind of authority. But um, I, I think they still added a lot of guys. You know, they they resign or they brought in um, Grayson Allen. You know, a shooter. Um, and Simi I think, yeah, Semi Ojale, um, other guys. And I, but I think they're missing going to be really missing Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. who I think is a very underrated what he brought to that team. You know, a three and three and D big who can stretch the floor who never um, plays who <laughs> never plays fantasy he, but yeah man but w- Jay when he's healthy and he's playing man he's he does wonders for the Bucks and I think they're going to be missing him but that being said uh kind of just to contradict myself but just to say nah I don't think they need to do anything man they yeah, got I'm that right. DNA I'm right there with you Jay they, they just made a championship last year yes they lost they lost PJ which is a vital part but you know they were able to bring in some other pieces and I, they're on a six game winning streak right now so let's keep yeah. it pushing and I, I got them for red so then the next team we got Jay is the Miami Heat Miami red mm-hmm. uh, I think they made their additions they brought in PJ Tucker <laughs> for and they brought in Kyle Lowry you know championship winning guard a dog uh, the pit bull man himself. So they, I, I think the Heat are one of the deepest teams in the league and they still don't even have, and that's without Victor Aladupio. So mm-hmm. if he plays basketball this year, man, they're, they're so deep. Um, that hashtag Heat culture, man, just got to get all those guys back. But it's a red for me. Yeah. yeah, red like red like the Heat, Jay. <laughs> there yeah. ain't no way. Nah. Yeah, they're, they're very, they had a really good offseason, man. But all right, Jay. So how about the Cleveland Cavaliers, your number two team? Oh, man. Oh man, respects oh, and, man. and Ricky Rubio, man, uh, that's a huge uh, loss. Prayers up to Ricky, man. Yeah, pr- prayers out to Ricky Rubio. Uh, go having a historic, uh, it's not historic, but just a career a year season. for him. Yeah. A great season, one of the best of his careers. But you hate to see a guy go down like, especially a non-contact man. 
but I uh, hope he hope he gets healthy. I know it was his contract season too, so um, hopefully he's able to find a team um, who still needs his services too. Uh, if it's not even the, the Cavs, maybe they get him at a discount now too. Mm. So, uh, but I but I think you maybe it's kind of a yellow. You maybe have to make a move, but uh, you're still sitting in the fourth seed. Uh, you brought in Rondo. I think that was huge. They needed to do that. Um, to have him run that second unit and, and play some of those minutes with Garland in the backcourt as well. So you need uh, maybe make a move, but you need it's Isaac Okoro time, man. It's mm-hmm. it's those young guys that, that they brought in. Evan Mobley needs to take it up to another level, which we've seen him do, man. He's he's next level, dog. He's like, next he's, level, dog. He, he's, I, he's better than, uh, than Every, anyone, I think. Yeah. Anyone that we predicted for sure, if he stays healthy rookie of the year, no doubt, in my opinion. Um, and there's a reason they're the best team out of those top five seeds or top five picks. He's mm-hmm. on the best team and he's a huge part of that reason for success. So I'm like a yellow red, like yeah. uh, right in between that, you know, yeah, I'm probably I'm, just a yellow just for say that. Honestly, I'm right there with you, Jay. Only reason why I, I, would, I would really go yellow because like, they're, they can make some some changes and get their roster better on paper. But, I mean, I did not have the Cavs that sit at the fifth seed. I didn't even have them sitting at the top sixth seed, right? And for them to be, for them to, for them to, to be in the fifth seed, it's because they have something going. They have a camaraderie going. They have chemistry going. And you don't want to mess that up. You know, one little trade, yeah. one little move can just ruin everything. So I'm right there with you, Jay. I would say would, go yellow. What's up? With, with that being said, would you give up Colin Sexton? If, if a team comes to you mm. and you're getting, maybe you're not getting a, you're getting like a supplementary piece. Obviously you're not going to get a star in return for Colin Sexton right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think before, honestly, but uh, w- would you, if they come knocking on your door saying, Hey, we want, we want Colin Sexton. We'll give you a, I don't know, a Patty Mills, just for example, Brooklyn's not giving up just yeah. for namesake. Okay. Okay. I'm a guy, a caliber player like that role player. Okay, man, that's tough. Honestly, I think I, I think I am only with only with Colin Sexton, just because I want to give all the minutes to Darius Garland. I want the one mm. to be Darius Garland, and I, I mean, I want Darius Garland to run that one or two, and then have like a Ricky Rubio or a Rondo point guard, which is which is a, a pass first point guard. Get the ball, yeah. in Darius Darius Garland, Darius Garland's hand, and Colin Sexton. I like him a lot. He's a dog. I, I, I love the grit in him, but he just takes the ball away from Darius Garland a little bit too much. And with the, mm. with his in, inefficiency, I think I'd rather keep the ball in Darius Garland's hand. So to answer your question, yes, I'd trade Sexton for so, a good role player. Okay. Okay. And then John, so you got that. So you'd be more, if you're Cleveland, you're more willing to do it than to trade Colin Sexton than if you're Chicago and have to trade Patrick Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously I'm, you're not going to get it. You, I, you, I would say you'd get more for Patrick Williams. I think you think, I think you the get two, more too. Yeah. But uh, you'd be more willing if you're the Cavs. Yeah. I'd be more okay. willing to let go I'm, of I'm Colin Sexton. That. Yeah. I feel you on that. Okay. All right, Jay. So, yeah. so then, so then let's let's give a question. Let's talk about the number six seed, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers is uh, green, green. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you got to get rid of Ben Simmons. You got to get someone in return. You got, need someone playing basketball there. They're a better team, in my opinion, with uh, Ben Simmons, but he's not going to play there, I don't think. I think it's kind of, people are saying it's repair, reparable, but I don't think he's going to play there. I think that bridge has burned. Um, that table has turned, so uh, I don't think we'll ever see Ben Simmons yeah, in a 76ers uniform yeah, ever which, again. 
You need something else for him. Maybe it's that DeJounte Murray trade. Like I, I the, the, Jay, you, you gotta say it. Jay, actually, you gotta say it because the last episode got scratched. So you gotta say it, Jay. You gotta tell the fans about that DeJounte Murray trade, Jay. Was it was it scratched? I think we or, or, or was it the one was it the one before yeah, that? I think oh. it was the one before. I think okay, was, okay, never mind. There, never yeah. mind. Yeah, you got but, you got it out if there. you heard yeah, if y'all if y'all haven't heard that, the, we talked a lot about that DeJounte Murray for Ben Simmons trade. I don't really know if San Antonio at this point would be really willing to do that, but um, but we'll see, man. I think I think you got to be, be Sixers got to be open to that, man. Absolutely, but it looks green. Yeah, it's obviously green. Yeah, I'm right there with you, green beam, man. So, all right, let's yeah. go to the number seven, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets, uh, it's it's a green. I think they need to bring in a, a rim rim protector, a guy, just an upgrade for Miles Plumlee. I think that's their only deficiency. Um, especially come playoff times and making a, a run to at least, you know, the first round, second round, they need to bring in a guy like Miles Turner. Honestly, that's, that's the name that they got to be targeting if, you, if you're the Hornets. And they got pieces. They got pieces to give away. I'm looking at a P.J. Washington, James Booknight type of guy, uh, type of deal to bring in a guy like Miles, uh, Miles Turner. And the Pacers said, they're open to a rebuild. We don't know if that's still the case. Maybe that was just talk at the time to push and motivate those guys, but we'll see. I think the Hornets got to make a move to, to make themselves a little better and to be able to compete there in the East, which is stacked and deep now uh, as yeah. ever, as yeah. ever has been. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. Mason Plumlee is unfortunately not going to cut it when it comes playoffs. And and if if it's the Bulls and the Hornets going after going after Miles Turner, I think the Hornets have a lot more to offer the Pacers than the Bulls do as far as if that's what you want to do. Like how you said, if you want to rebuild, the Hornets got everything you need and and, and much more, man. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you, Green. Let's give my, let's give Miles Turner. Let's get a real center in Charlotte, man. Mm-hmm. But um, all right, Jay. So then for the last team in the in the East here is the Washington Wizards. Green, yellow, or red? I'm kind of like on the yellow fence there. Um, just in terms of you got to figure out what you're doing with Bradley Beal. If you're going to compete and and you want to make a run in the playoffs. You, you make all those pieces, you make all the moves um, in order to do so. And you, you believe that, you know, he's going to stay there in the future. You believe that he actually will stay and re-sign with them. Then you have to make the moves that are going to reflect that. Um, but if not, I think you got to look to ulterior uh, moves, like such as, you know, bringing in a guy like Jalen Brown. I don't know, some some deals mm. with, with Boston, maybe you're looking to, to – um, Dallas and, and seeing what their interest level is like. Um, but you, you just got to figure out what your future is with Bradley Beal. So I got to I got to think of it as a yellow for me. You're not forced to make that move. It's not a green go ahead, but you definitely got to consider it uh, to be something. What of the truth? Like what's going to happen in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. We talk about it all the time in the NBA. There's that there's that purgatory where you don't want to be, where you don't know where you're going. Are we rebuilding or are we trying to compete? And right now, if you ever have a player like Bradley Beal on your team and Spencer Dinwiddie, you, you're mm-hmm. definitely not rebuilding, but you're probably not winning a championship. You're going to need a little bit more than that. You're probably not going to make a deep playoff push. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. They're in that yellow, that, that, that yellow zone to where you don't have to make a decision right now, but you definitely should decide what you're going to do moving forward, man. Right, right. All right, Jay. Right. So, so let's kick it to the West Coast, Jay, and let's talk about your team, the Duh Nation, Jay, number one seed right now in the West. Uh, Jay, 
Red, yellow, or green? Uh, it's a red. We, we know what it, what that phrase is. Man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. Yeah. What about the Phoenix Suns? Phoenix Suns, also a red. Um, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. D- yeah. Another deep team. Um, championship run last year. Don't need yeah. To yeah, don't even need to fix anything. What about the Utah Jazz? Great game yesterday against the Warriors. Yeah, Utah Jazz. We'll talk about that later. Um, I don't think. I, I just don't know what they can what really they bring can do. in. <laughs> yeah, too. so it's a it's a red. Um, you built that team in the offseason. You've been building that team for years now, probably like five, four, since you brought in Conley, three, mm-hmm. four years now. So you, you just got to prey on being healthy. Obviously, any team needs to be healthy. And I think they, they just need that whole roster healthy to see what they can do. And if it doesn't work this year, obviously, you got to shake things up. But this is kind of – it's like make or break for them, honestly, that and that roster. I think this is the the year that, that they got to make some noise and make a run um, to the championship, which is their goal. So it's make or break for them, but it's red um, in terms of deals that they can make. You know, I really like what you just said, and I, I literally 150% agree. If they don't make it to the championship this year, I think that you need to consider doing something with this team because like how you said, like, I didn't even really think about that till now. Like they've been working on this team for some time now yeah. and it's, and it's been playoff let down, playoff let down, playoff let down after mm-hmm. a year. So I, I think if they, if it isn't a deep championship run or like one of your best players gets hurt and then, then, you know, run it back. But if not, then I, yeah, you gotta do something with this roster, man. But, right. right. All right, Jay. So yes, this is a red for the first three teams. And then what about the, uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies? The Memphis Grizzlies. I'm still thinking I'm still thinking red for them. I think you're an extremely deep team. They could make one other move and potentially makes them a little bit better, but I really don't think there's any move out there that's gonna significantly make them better where they don't have to give up a guy like Desmond Bain, mm-hmm. a guy like Dylan Brooks, a young, you know, budding piece. You know, I, like I said, I think John and, and Desmond are not only one of probably the best young backcourt duo in the league, but I think they're just one of the best uh, backcourt duos in the league period. So with that being said, and you got to give up potentially, I know a lot of teams are interested in a guy like Desmond Bain, uh, a guy like Dylan Brooks, um, Jaron Jackson, but you don't want to give up any of those pieces. You're sitting at the fourth seed in the West um, right now. So there's no need to make any moves if you're, if you're Memphis, in my opinion. So how are you feeling on that? What's your temp? Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, Jay. You could definitely make some pieces and make them a better on on paper roster. But dog, like fourth seed for the Memphis Grizzlies, then nobody expected. Dog, they got the juices flowing. They got chemistry going. Don't mess that up. Keep that going. Red all the way. But what about the Denver Nuggets, Jay? Actually, on a three game winning streak right now. Very impressive. What do you got on them? Yeah, no, the, the Nuggets are playing great basketball. Um, they've seen just another. Uh, another um, product of the, of their culture and, and success and and what their their coach Mike Malone is leading that that bunch that gritty bunch um, who once again have that next man up mentality. We saw what Faku Kampazu did last night having a career night um, and, and the re- rest of that bunch. And I think there's really not much you can do right now. You know, you got all those guys out. You got. Michael Porter Jr., his health is in question right now. Obviously, you're waiting for Jamal Murray to come back potentially at the end of the season. So 
I think you really just got to weather the storm, stay afloat, which they're doing right now, um, sitting in the middle of the pack in the, in the playoff seeds in the West right now. So you just got to continue to weather that storm, just make best of it with what you got right now, and then pray that those guys come back and are ready for when the playoffs come around. More likely Jamal Murray than Michael Porter. I, I don't really see him coming back, well, coming off a of back surgery this season. But uh, you just got to weather the storm till then. No, no uh, real deals you can make. Yeah, they, they got a scary good roster when they're fully healthy. So no deals, mm-hmm. just like how you said, weather the storm. But all right, Jason, what's up? That being said, though, um, that there, here's where I talk about championship window. This was a team who was in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, and we saw all the future and, and you know, the future so bright in Denver. They got all these guys. They got Michael Porter Jr. They got Jamal Murray future so bright yada yada and you what do you do jay you push that forward two years jamal murray's out with the acl tear um michael porter jr you sign him to that huge deal in the off season he's coming back with back surgery so it just goes to show you if you're Chicago bulls you're uh, all these other teams on that like scratching at the championship window if you got to make that deal you consider a team like the Denver Nuggets and you, you might be a little more inclined to make that deal. So that's why I talk about that. Man, I didn't even closing. think about that till now, Jay. Damn, they were right there. And like, yeah, if you if you were to look at them a couple of years ago, you'd be like, man, Denver's the next team up. They're the next dynasty. But look yeah. at them now. That's crazy, Jay. That was a good, that was a good yeah, little yeah, correlation. Yeah. All right. So then, so then let's go to the sixth seed, the Clippers. The Clippers, <clears throat> another team can't really do much right now. We don't, we, we don't really know the health of PG right now. We don't really know how long they said four weeks. We don't know how long they'll, he'll be out for, but we've seen them with a huge win uh, against Brooklyn last night with, with pretty much G leaguers and uh, <laughs> a few of their uh, starters. But I mean, you, you just got to stay afloat, weather the storm. There's really not much that you have in terms of trade pieces that are going to make you any better. You're just going to trade a role player for a role player and, or maybe some picks. So you wait to get your guy, you wait to get Kawhi back, you wait to get um, PG back and, and and see what you can do there and see what you got um, in terms. Of, and other than that, I think you just, it's just red. <laughs> yeah. Not much, not much you can do. Yeah. You just got to weather the storm. You got your best mm. two players out. You just got to weather that. Yeah, man. But, but what about the other LA team, Jay? We got the Lakers. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's, like green they got to make a move um we've seen the historic year that lebron is having right now but i just i just look at it like it's just giving me very 2021 sorry 2020 2021 steph curry vibes where his team just is terrible like low-key is just terrible i mean (laughs) the roster construction it's not giving him a chance to to win i mean he's putting up these historic numbers and it's terrible because it's almost just for not. I think right now the current uh, roster construction that the Lakers have, in order that for them to be relevant and even have a chance of winning in the playoffs, Anthony Davis and, uh, and, and LeBron have to be playing at MVP level, um, the best of their career. We, we, LeBron is doing that right now, but we haven't seen the same from AD. And that's just to be having a chance to win, to take two, three games off a team maybe even win a uh, sneak and win maybe a first round matchup. But other than that, I, I don't see with this current roster construction, um, them being anything better than that. 
And, and that's with LeBron Saint playing at a historic level, especially at his age. That's way too much to put on him. He needs help around him. Um, is Kendrick Nunn going to come back and, and be the piece that they need? Maybe, but I don't really know. I'm not too sold on that. So I, it's green. They need to make a deal and they make deal fast if they choose to compete. If that's what the uh, front office wants to do. And in my opinion, you got to do that. LeBron's not getting any younger. Yeah. You got to make a move. So it's green. It's green. They got to make a move. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, Jay. They definitely need to make a move on 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 this. But what? Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's what I was gonna <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, I was gonna say like they need to make a move. Right. But what? Like like yeah. what? Like what are you gonna move? What other teams are interested on 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 those players? So realistically, right. with you, what I think the move they need to make is make Anthony Davis start trying. Put 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 his ass on the on the grill. Make him put put some effort because besides mm-hmm. that, honestly, there's just no really changes that. Like the only change they can do is cut players. Like that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like right. <laughs> cut players and 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 sign Stanley Johnson. You know that's really mm-hmm. it. That's all they could do, man. Yeah. But all right, Jay. So then, well, let's talk about the last uh, seed in the uh, West, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Who you got? Red, yellow, green. I'm I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking green. Mm-hmm. I think they got to make a move, bring in a second true kind of scoring option. Um, I, th- I think KP has been playing great as of late, um, you know, but I, I think they can add a guy like Bradley Beal, who I had said on the other end for Washington, you got to figure is Bradley Beal going to be there for the future. I think you put Bradley Beal in a role like Tim Hardaway juniors, where he he's moving off the ball. He's getting shots. He's getting set up by, uh, <laughs> by, by Luca himself. He, that's a major upgrade, man. Um, seeing what he can do. We've seen his willingness to move off the ball as well without the ball cut, make plays that way. So you bring in a guy like that. And obviously that's a big splash um, trade, but even just another piece uh, would be huge, huge for the, for the uh, Mavericks. So I think they need to be kind of aggressive in one of the teams who's out there shopping around to add another scoring piece and another guy who can take some pressure off Luca down the stretch of games. Cause we've seen him burn out. That's what happened against the Clippers last year in the playoffs in that first round. So he needs some help. He needs someone who can take that pressure off him. Um, Cause we've seen, we don't really know what we can expect from KP. He's been playing a great of late, but is he going to burn out? Is he going to get injured? I don't know. I, I hate to use the word injury prone, but he's injury prone. Yeah, we're going to use it, man. So um <laughs> Obviously, we hope for the best with health, but we can't predict it, man. We just look at the history, that medical history. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. Yeah, I, I would say green bean for the for, for the Mavs. Let's give Lucas some help, man. A real score. I, I remember that that I don't know if it was on episode or off air. You proposed that trade with with uh, getting Bradley Beal to the to the Mavericks, which I think would be deadly. It would be crucial. That'd be so nice, Bradley Beal and Luca, mm-hmm. man. But. All right, Jay. So, so that that was a fun little segment. Red, yellow, green. Nice little uh, first time segment. We gonna keep that on the show. Um, but Jay, let's kick it to our next segment, and that's one of our favorite segments here, and that's the games. Jay, let's talk about some of the games we saw over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you wanna you wanna kick it off, uh, but if you're going to talk about a game, talk about a game from last year, Jay, talk about a game from last year, Jay, talk about that Clippers versus Toronto Raptors game. Cause that game was, was a good game to watch. Jay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, obviously if you're the Raptors, I think from, you know, they came away with the one sixteen one Oh eight win, you know, last day, last game for them and the Clippers of the new year. Um, this was, this game just off the jump. I felt like 
you know, it, it was going to go down to the wire. It was going to be kind of a close game. And it shouldn't have been. Obviously, the Raptors getting back um, Siakam, getting back, uh, I believe, OG Ananobi. It was his first game back from COVID protocols. And then he had got injured, you know, previously in the year. So this was a game that they had to win, um, you know, coming back. You know, they want to make a run to the playoffs. I think this they got a good bunch. I think they're honestly talented enough. And then you look, push it to the to the Clippers side of things. You know, they got all their guys out, basically, you know, Paul George, obviously we know that he has his injury. He's been out for, he's going to be out for extended amount of time, probably three to four weeks. But from the jump, I just seen the Raptors just playing great basketball, um, moving the ball, sharing the ball, um, getting shots, getting decently good shots. We saw again, you know, the playmaking of Fred Van Vliet. I think he's putting together a, a solid, solid campaign just doing it on both ends of the floor, affecting the game defensively, making plays on offense, getting 30, had 31 points, nine assists, two steals. Um, obviously didn't shoot it well from the field, shooting 10 from 20, uh, 10, 10 of 27. But when you look at a guy like Fred Van Bleed, it's what his, the way he rubs off and makes other players, gets them in the right positions to succeed. And that's exactly what his teammates were able to do. You look at OGN and OBJ shooting, uh, scoring, putting up 26, on an efficient eight for 16. Um, and then you look at Fred, uh, excuse me, you look at Pascal Siakam going 10 for 20 from the field with 25 points and plus 22. Um, also playing great basketball. So, I mean, all the starters for the, for the Raptors um, were plus. You got four guys in double figures in Pascal, OGN and OB, Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent, man. That's just a recipe for winning. But then you look at to the other side, side and a reason why it was so close and you guys you have four guys in double digits as well Marquise Morris a senior with 20 you got senior we got Reggie Jackson with 17 Terrence Mann with 18 and then Luke Clenard with 13 and then off the bench you got Amir Coffey with 15 man so that was a reason why it was so close and why it's undermanned uh roster like the Clippers were able to to hang with them and it just goes to show you and a thing what I've been talking about why the Clippers, I think they're going to be able to stay afloat is because I just think they're an extremely deep team. And a lot of that was shown um, being able to have five guys in double figures, one of them off the bench uh, with your star guy, like, um, like Paul George being out. I think that's huge for them. Um, and then it was the return game of Serge Ibaka as well. So uh, just, just a big win you know, a little closer than I thought it should have been for the um, for the Raptors, especially at home, you know, playing at that home court advantage, which really isn't a home court advantage, man, at uh, Scotia Bank, which had no fans in, in attendance uh, uh, besides, I think, a few family members. I think 100 family members or something is what they said, man. Um, but but a big win there, you know, 40, 48 percent, a lot. Of, oh, excuse me. And then uh, last thing I'll say on that field goal percentage for the Clippers was 48% compared to the Raptors, uh, 41. So anytime you can shoot 48% on the road, especially, um, and 44% from the three-point line, you're going to be able to stay in any game. Um, and, and that was a huge uh, reason by success. But where they lost the game, in my opinion, was on the glass, where the Raptors out-rebounded them 54 to 37. And that's a losing rebounding. When you're getting all those second-chance opportunities, which the Raptors were able to create. So Jay, that's just a little bit about that game, man. 
Um, but I don't know if you have anything to add to that and what you saw. Yeah, yeah, Jay. Honestly, I, I was tuning into that game because uh, I mean, we, as we all know, I mean, you're 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 Toronto's finest. You're you're Toronto's ambassador. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 told me the Raptors like, hey, Jay, make sure you check out that Clippers Raptors game. Raptors got their got their full squad back. I was excited. Mm-hmm. I hopped on the game to watch. And Jay, honestly, this is what you want to see from your so called big three and Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Like how you said, Fred, 31, 25, and 26, just out there really doing it now man and so I, the only thing I wanted to add is that that's what you want to see um, a lot of people were getting on the Raptors and saying that the Raptors aren't, aren't aren't the team that they were projected to be after making that 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 finals runs but this right here shows you that they have that potential Pascal Siakam I definitely want to highlight his 19 rebounds all seven uh seven assists nearly had a nearly had a triple double so just just like I said Jay great game for for the Raptors and that's that's honestly what you want to see as a Raptors fan. You're a big three doing work, putting big numbers on good efficiency, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right, all right, Jason. So then let me let me touch on one game, one more game of last year, and then and then we could get into this year, Jay. So I want to touch on um, I want to touch on the Celtics and the Suns game. The Celtics beat the Suns uh, 123-108. And honestly, that was just an extremely impressive uh, Celtics team win. Seven of the eight players who played, they only had eight players who played in the game. Seven of the eight scored 11 or more points with Jason Tatum out. And that's just something you love to see, man. I mean, you just love to see the team step up when your number one star is, is, is out, man. But before we really get into the entire Celtics roster. I got to give a big shout out to my guy, Rob, Rob Williams, man. First career, triple double, 10 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds, two steals and five blocks, five blocks on only two fouls, five blocks on only two fouls. I have to emphasize that because he is jumping for every block and he, he, he's, he, he's not just fouling people out there, man. He's actually contest. He's actually con- contesting shots, getting blocks. He was a hundred percent from the field. He's just a, a, an extremely, an extremely efficient game for Rob on both, on both sides of the ball, man. I mean, he was catching lobs at the rim. He was, uh, um, he was boxing out. He was just doing it all, man. So I just, I want to give him a shout out because uh, I know on the last episode I, I gave, I had gave him a shout out. Cause I was like, man, you know, he was part of that Celtics and Nets uh, trade picks, and then everyone said, oh, Rob did, didn't turn out to be anything, but now he's turned out to be a very efficient center in today's league, man. And as a matter of fact, l- late in the game, the Celtics going on an 18-2 run. And that was – and I, as I'm watching, I'm I'm watching Rob Williams not allow a single bucket in the paint for three whole minutes, Jay. So that right there, that's a, that's a game changer, man. That's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. But, let's, but let's get into the Celtics, man. I mean, this is what you want to see from your second or third stars. You know, Jalen Brown, 24 points, 11 rebounds. Marcus Smart, 24 points, 9 rebounds. Both shot 80% from the free throw line. Both were extremely aggressive getting to the line. Like I said, when Jason Tatum is out, that's what you want to see. You want to see your 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 second to third stars step up, be there, be that number one guy. Josh Richardson kept the pressure on the defense the entire game, shot shot seven free throws, went seven to seven from the free throw line, 100%, 19 points. And, I mean, just the role players. The role players had great contribution. Peyton Pritchard hit three threes. Uh, Romeo Langford, 16 points. Grant Williams, 15 points. Just uh, the the bench, the bench brought it, man. 46 points off the bench. And I mean, realistically, the Celtics just went ahead and took advantage of no DeAndre Aiden, no JaVale McGee to score a ridiculous 64 points in the paint. Just punish them in there, man. And on the Suns side of the thing, I'll talk about the Suns a bit, but that was just a really bad game, man. It seems like like Mm -hmm. there was a lid on the basket, man. Booker was their highest 
score with 22 points on an ugly, ugly, ugly 26% mm. from the field and 20% from three, which is terrible. CP3, four, uh, 14 points, five rebounds, eight assists. You know, that's a that's not a great game in CP, CP, uh, CP3 standards. And the, and the, and the Suns role players who, who usually step up big in, in uh, uh, Landry Shaman and Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges all had uh, my consideration a below average game, man. I mean, the Suns shot 39% from the field as a team. So it just, it, it was, it was very hard to, for the Suns to get anything going, but Jay, there's a silver lining in all of this, Jay. If you think everything is bad, no, there was one thing that's good. Jalen Smith, the third stringer stepping up huge, Jeez. 19 points, seven, uh, seven rebounds, only had one block. But if you were, if you were really watching that game, it seemed like the man had like five or six boxes. He was just affecting every single shot out there. Uh, shot 77% from the field, hundred percent from the free throw line. Honestly, Jalen Smith might've really just earned himself a spot of a permanent spot on the Suns roster or another roster, mm-hmm. man. So it's overall a great game, Jay. I don't know if you were able to catch that one. Now, if you want to add uh, something or two on that, but if not, be that we could we could keep it pushing too, Jay. Uh, yeah, you, re- you really you know covered it well. I mean, I just think you know anytime you you got your main guy and you mentioned all those guys being out for Phoenix, your guy D Book going seven for twenty six from the field, man. That that's just a killer dog. And then you shoot uh, you shoot out shoot the um, the Celtics by seventeen, um, but you go only hit forty one of your hundred shots. That's a lot of shots to take, man. man. By the way. And then you go 11 from 35 from the field and then to, to um, 31%. And then the Celtics shoot 10 from 27 from the field with 31% from three. Man, the, it's just hard to win that, that game, um, any, any game that you shoot that poorly. Um, and even if you're shooting 41%, man, that's, that's actually a lot of shots to get up and, and to shoot that much. But I just think that you're not going to win a, a lot of games when you have um, that piss poor of a performance from your guy in the book. So I think that was just a, a recipe for disaster for those guys. And, and a lot of the reason why they, they had lost, man. Yeah, Jay, it was honestly, it was, it was a huge representative of, of disaster, but you know what wasn't though, Jay, the historic night that Wardell put up, Jay, talk to us about that crazy historic game against the, uh, the, the Utah jazz. Jay, talk to us about that. Otto Porter Jr. On a minimum. Otto Porter Dude, on a minimum. minimum, man. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors take down the Utah Jazz 123 to 116 in Utah. What a game. What a game that was, Jay. And, and a few things stood out to me. Number one, um, what I talked about, and 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 we 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 went back and forth on the last episode, which which we obviously lost the episode, but I just this was just another case of uh, the Warriors out um, with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Let's just say it is because he is a starter for them. So without two starters, the Warriors come into Utah and are able to take out the Utah Jazz. And I just think they're the deepest team in the league and just another case and point um, that we saw last night in Utah uh, with six guys in double figures. A lot, And two of those that stuck out stood out to me. Number one, Jay, I just got to say, Andrew Wiggins should be in Cleveland. A Wiggs, man. Draft day. A Wiggins. <laughs> this this cat needs to be in Cleveland, man. He's playing at an all-star level, shooting at the highest clip of uh, his his career from the three-point line at, at 43%, man. And then Otto Porter just out outdoing, like you said, his minimum contract. Last night, going nine for 14 from the field, 20 points, 
last night, affecting the game offensively and defensively, getting to a spot with three steals, eight assists, seven rebounds, man, a near triple-double, dog. And um, But this is just going through, through a game summary and what happened there was just we saw from the, the uh, of the Warriors coming out with a hot start there um, in the first half, leading by 14 points, uh, I believe, um, there to end the first half. And then we saw the battle of the third quarter, two teams who are great, the Jazz being great in the third quarter this whole season, as well as the Warriors. But this season, the Jazz are first in, in uh, three third port- quarters uh, scoring. And that's exactly what they did. They came out there in the third quarter, just looking like a completely different team, ready to play, outscoring the Warriors 41 to 22 in that third quarter and just went on a huge run there. And that was what caught, got them the lead going into the fourth quarter. And it was a catapult to them. I think the Warriors just were scared after that, you know, worried. Um, and, and it's demoralizing when you come into when you're on the road, you miss a few shots. Um, you get a few tough calls, which I thought the Warriors had a tough calls against them. But just like any game, and especially on the road in the NBA, adding to the fact, not only that, but adding to the fact that all these officials that um, are in protocols, so you're getting G League officials, that just comes with the game. There's going to be calls that you get on the road um, that you may not get. And then there's some at home that you want to got that you're on the road. So that just comes with the game, man. So um, moving on to the fourth quarter, Warriors came ready to play, outscored the, um, outscored the Jazz 37 uh, to 25 by 12 in that fourth quarter. And that's just what the game, the, the run that they went on to close the game um, with guys like Otto Porter coming once again, hitting huge shots, Steph, Wardell hitting some huge, huge dagger threes um, and setting records, making making plays out there, um, doing it all again with nine assists as well. Um, You know, we saw him struggling a bit to his standards in the first half. But then this is where I said was talked about earlier on the show about Rudy Gobert and the greatness of his defense. Obviously, he can affect the game in different way with his rim protection, Jay. But this is why I had said that. You know, despite him being plus 10, man, I think that when you have a rim protector in today's NBA and you you're looking to that drop coverage where they were dropping down a few times against Steph and Rudy Gobert was dropping down because, you know, if he steps up, he's getting used, he's getting abused, he's getting blown by by a guy with the quickness or just any guard for that matter. So that's why I say when you don't got a guy like a Nick Claxton or a Bam on a bio who can at least stay with Steph for like one, two dribbles, maybe not the whole time, but at least a little better than a guy like Rudy Gobert, then you're just giving so much up when you're just letting a guy like Steph come off the three and get into rhythm and being able to pull up at the three-point line without just a minimal to a late contest, man. That's just too much room and space. That's why I think that just that rim protection and not being able to stay out and jump out a little bit more onto that perimeter I think it can be overrated to a, uh, a degree. And I think that's why Utah just struggles, like you had mentioned, late in the playoffs to keep him on the floor because he, uh, as much as he gives you defensively and rebounding, obviously with 19 rebounds um, and 20 points last night, obviously an easy double-double for him. Um, I think that it's just a liability having them, him there out at times, man. But I'm, let me talk about a little bit more about I saw Utah. 
Utah, another one of the deepest teams in the league. Not the deepest, because I think just personally, I think it's the Warriors. But I just, we saw what they can do. We saw Royce O'Neal with 15 points, Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, sorry, Bogey Bogdanovich. <laughs> I don't even remember. Bogey, <laughs> His name's Bogey, hard, hard Bogey, to say. Boyan, Boyan Bogdanovich, yeah, with 20 points. Um, 20, 20 from Gobert, as I mentioned, 12 from Conley, um, 20 from Donovan Mitchell, um, and, and 20 from Jordan Clarkson. But what I saw a lot, um, obviously the Warriors were missing the defensively Jordan, uh, Draymond Green, you know, the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, but to hold where they were successful was to hold Donovan Mitchell from four from 19, a caliber of player from the field, man. Anytime you can do that, which just, just goes me to show you, like as good as Draymond is defensively, that just shows you the depth of the Warriors and their defense to be able to hold a, a star like Donovan Mitchell, D. Mitch, the spider, from four from 19, 20 points, minus two offensively. And then, and then, um, and then Mike Conley as well, four from 13. Those guys to some tough shooting nights, man. That's what keeps you in games. That's what wins you games, especially on the road in a raucous crowd, a raucous arena like Utah. So, man, that's just a lot of what I saw. And to close this out, man, get get Andrew Wiggins to to, to Cleveland, man. This dude's an all star. He deserves it, bro. Like, just that's all I gotta say about that game, man, Jay. But what, what do you what do you have anything uh, to add to that? Historic game, Jay. Honestly, man, just just one of those games that, you, like, if I could tell someone go watch a certain game, I would say go watch this game, dog. And if and if you know if you don't got too much time on your hands, just start at halftime. Start at halftime, and you will see mm-hmm. a historic performance from the from from the Warriors and and, and a great game. But let's let, let's talk about it. I really want to start like how you said, Jay, on that Warriors defense. The defense was just was just tough top level it's it, it, it's it's just top level and it's extremely impressive when you when you are missing your freaking quarterback in Draymond Green when you're missing mm-hmm. James okay I get James Wiseman is young he's not he's not the the focal point of that defense but he's not no scrub on that defense too he's a big man who protect who, who protects the paint and for the Warriors to still step up like this and what I want to highlight and I know you talked about it Jay Donovan Mitchell had a bad game 20 points he went four of 19 from the field, 21% from the field, 22% from the free throw line. But what I really want to highlight is that it's not like Donovan Mitchell just wasn't hit, just wasn't uh, hitting his shots. It's not like, you know, they, they were going in and out. It's not like he, he was injured. No, he was getting his shots that he usually gets right now. This season so far, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 20 field goals per game. This game, he got 19 field goals. So he got the same amount of shots that he usually gets, but the Warriors defense was pressing on him and had made it so tough for him that he only was able to knock down four accumulating to that 21%. I just have to give a huge shout out to the, to, to the Warriors defense on that. And then Jay, I mean, let's get a wigs to Cleveland dog. I've been saying a wigs is so that. good dog. He, and, and I say every single time when I talk about the Warriors, when a wigs gives contribution like this, it makes it practically really impossible to beat the Warriors. Cause you mm-hmm. got, cause you got players like Curry chipping in. You got players like Jordan Poole chipping in. You got play. You got clay. When clay comes back, you got uh, Draymond when he, what he's going to do on defense. You know, I'm a big Wiseman guy. I think when Wiseman comes back, he's going to be a huge monster in this league. And then you get a con- contribution from a Wiggs. Or you get a contribution from Otto Porter Jr. on a minimum, Otto man. Porter it's <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. That's all you could ask for, Jay. Just honestly, a great historic game. Uh, just mm-hmm. huge, huge ups to the Warriors, man. And 
shows why they're the number one defense in the league, man. With or without Draymond, they're doing it. It's a one through 15 type thing, man. So just shout out to the Warriors, Jay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, big, big win, big game. Big, um, big win, Jay. Yeah, that was a big win. Sure. But all right, Jay. So then, so then let, let, let's let's kick it. I'm, I'm gonna kick it to this to, to this last game that I want to talk about real quick, and that is the Bulls versus the Wizards. Wow, what a good game! De- Demar Derozan on a game winner on a back to back game winner. The Bulls win double T. Double T. The Bulls <laughs> win one twenty one nineteen. I mean, and th- this is what you want from your Bulls big three. Vooch. 22 points, 12 rebounds. DeMar, 28 points, 9 rebounds. Zach Levine, 35 points, 5 rebounds on 50% from the field and 58 and 58% from three. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's just looking like the Bull. It's looking like the Bulls is 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 the best. I mean, they are the best team in the East right now, but it's looking like they're mm-hmm. playing like it, man. I mean, DeMar DeRozan just looks so comfortable out there, man. If he gets to the if he's you know sizing you up, sizing you up, and gets to that little shoulder at the free throw line, it's over. It's over. It's gonna be a bucket every single time and then jay you talked about it earlier in the pod you talked about that boy colby white who i picked up on my fantasy he has been stepping up huge since since lonzo and nac's been out this game 20 points five assists 50 percent from the from the three and 50 percent from the field 100 percent from the free throw line but what i really want to highlight jay is zero turnovers he was the starting point guard played 37 minutes as the primary ball handler and had zero turnovers that is extremely impressive into in, in, in today's game where the game is super up tempo super uh um pushing the pace for him to be able to control the ball like that control the pace is impressive and this isn't just a one game thing i mean the last four games he had 24 17 13 and 24 so just huge huge shout out to 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 kobe white man but I just want to talk about the Bulls quick. You know, the Bulls they got dominated in that first half. They that they, they went down by 21 coming into the, coming into that third quarter, but then had an an impressive 34 point third quarter to to, to 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 come back into the game. But like I just I talked about in the beginning, I said Demar hit that game winner at the end. That game winner was just was honestly showing his poise for the game because he got the ball in the corner pump faked one defender, had the patience to wait till he comes down, then went up all with three seconds left, man. That was the crazy ending of a game. You know, I just talked about in the Warriors game, I said, if you don't have much time in your hand, just go watch the second half. If you don't have, if you only have 10 minutes of your day, go watch the fourth quarter of this game and you will be mind boggled, dog. It, it, it was just, it was just crazy. Yeah. It was just crazy, man. And just, just real quick, before we get off the Bulls, I just want to give one quick shout out to, I don't know if I say his name right, but I think it's A.O. Dosuma. Man, he's yeah, going to, I.O., it's I.O.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ayo, Ayo, yeah. Yeah, it's all the same, but yeah. So, Ayo, Ayo, whatever his name is, he is gonna be a real role player in this league one day, man. I mean, he didn't didn't have the greatest game. I believe only had four points, but it's a intangible. It's the things that he's doing on the court that the stats that the stats don't count for, man. And then, real quick, let's you know, let's talk about the Wizards because because they also had a good game. Shout out Bradley Beal. Shout out Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Bradley Beal, twenty seven points, seventeen assists on forty percent from the field Kakuzma 29 points 12 rebounds uh but I mean realistically Bradley Beal needs some help out there man I mean Kakuzma brought it this game but Kakuzma isn't the most consistent player and he and he isn't that consistent help for Bradley Beal Bradley Beal was responsible for 65 percent of the of the Wizards buckets whether it came through points whether they came through assists so uh, at the end of the day Bradley Beal needs some help man but just real quick before I get off on the Wizards 
Shout out the Wizards scoring seventy two points in the paint. That's that's that that's very that's that's top top yeah. of the top of the line, man. And that goes into that uh, that point that we were talking about earlier with the with the Bulls having a lack of rim protection, man. But great game overall, Jay. I don't know if you want to touch on anything with that. Demar's second winner back to back. Yeah, man. No, people. No, I mean this this cat's balling. Um, love to see it from Demar for sure. Locked in. Uh, all-star starter for, for me and, and which will matter of fact we will be releasing our uh, starters that John and I have collaborative on um, to the to the fans and I'll be on our IG account so if you don't follow us on there follow us over there at Clutch Talk Pod man and but but Debo is just playing at a, a historic level obviously um, we've seen that it, there was the first time that a player's hit back-to-back game winners on back-to-back days so that's just historic stuff man um, but on the wizard side of things, I'm just loving what I'm seeing from Bradley Beal over his last few, uh, set, um, five games, he has averaged at least five assists, uh, in every game, uh, at least 26 points, um, 27, 29, 37, 36, uh, 26 and 30 points respectively, man. And then two double doubles in, in those, um, past five games. So he's playing at another high level. So. Like we had talked about with uh, Washington, you know, figure out what you're going to do with Brad. If you're going to keep him, keep him there. If you're going to move him, move him. I mean, a lot of teams are, you know, maybe that sell high when, like we talk about in fantasy, but not like this is real life and Brad's balling again. But no, can't say enough about guys stepping up. Um, Like you said, Kobe, Kobe White um, for for the Bulls on both sides of things. And then Stebo playing at a, MVP caliber type season. Um, you know what you're getting from Levine, Knights and Night, Vuce also stepping up as well. So you just gotta love what you're seeing uh from, from the Bulls right now and, and the level of basketball they're playing with it. And it just shows and indicates in, uh, in the record they got right now and why they're sitting at the top of the east, despite having the guys in and out of the rotation and two huge rotation pieces in Henry uh Alex Caruso and um and uh and Lonzo so having those guys out and be able to still be in the and those the reason for that is like you said I I don't sumo uh, um Vooch and Kobe White stepping up so that's what you got to continue to do and keep doing man so a huge win for them um in Washington back-to-back buzzer beaters though you love to see it and that just builds that team chemistry and camaraderie too so I think they're gonna look to keep it rolling and we'll keep rolling Absolutely, Jay. Absolutely. And it's crazy to think that that the uh, the Bulls just a couple weeks ago were getting games postponed because mm-hmm. they didn't even have eight players enough to go to go out there and play, man. So just 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 big ups, big ups to the to the Bulls and uh, yeah. just just shout out to them, man. But all right, Jay. Well, you know, you, you, you know what segment comes next, Jay. You, you already know what time it is, Jay. This is one of our favorite segments over Jeez. here, Jay. This is the player of the week, my boy. Do you have your player ready? If not, I got mine ready. Jeez, yeah. I, 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 got, a, I got a tough one, man. I, I mean, we know – I know, obviously, it could go to Zamar. Um, but I, I'm, I was one, toss up between Fred, Rico, Van Vliet. And and Andrew Wiggins, man. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my guy A Wiggs, man. Cause I, I just think we need to we need to make that that push for, for that all-star game. Uh, maybe a little bit of bias take, but no, over his last eight games, 
And and obviously this includes the two that he played this past week because they had one postponed. But he's had 21 points per game, four rebounds, um, 49% from the field, 55 from three-point line. Um, and he's shooting 43%, like I said, a career high from the three-point uh, line on the season. So like Steph said, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 22 should be in the Cle- uh, in Cleveland this year, the way he's hooping. I'm going to keep pushing that, man. But uh, but that's who I got for the for the, for the Clutch Puck Player of the Week, man. Who you got, Jay? Yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm right there with you. Andrew Wiggins definitely should be in, in, in Cleveland for the All-Star Weekend, man. But for the Player of the Week, I'm going to go with – who you? I, I I'll be real, Jeff. I'm just gonna be honest. I had somebody else, but once you said Demar, I was like, holy snap! Why didn't I pick Demar? Because dog, Demar, 28 points on the on last hand game, 28 points, four rebounds, six assists, shooting 83 percent from the free throw line, 71 percent from three, and 48 percent from the field, man. So just honestly, uh, honestly impressive. I just want to read off some like, look, he had 28 on on the Wizards, 28 on the Pacers, 20 on the Hawks, 35 on the Hawks, 24 on the Pacers, just, just out there doing his thing, dog. Inefficient, I don't think, too. Inefficient, yeah. too. Extremely efficient, Jay. So, yeah. huge, huge ups and huge shout-out to, 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 to DeMar winning uh, winning the Player of the Week from on, on, my, on my end. But, Jay, before we log off here, I need to – we haven't done it in some time, Jay. I need to get your predictions. You know what day today is. Today is Jan- Sunday, January 2nd, so we're going to go yeah. with the – we're going to go with the predictions from, from Monday, January 3rd, when everybody will be hearing this. So, Jay, you ready to run off some predictions? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right, let's do it, Jay. So, the first game of the night is going to be the last place Houston Rockets versus the Ben Simmons list 76ers. I'm going to go with the 76ers in that, man. No, I'm going to go 76ers yeah. on that, too, yeah. Jay. All right, so the next game, we got the Wizards versus the Hornets. Wizards versus Hornets. I'm going to go with the Hornets in, in that one as well. I believe they're going to be getting Miles Bridges back, and they look should be having almost the full roster there against the Wizards. So I'm going to go with the, the Hornets in that one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with the go with the Hornets on that one too, man. I believe I be, I believe that that they are get they are getting Miles Bridges back that game, so that'll be a big help for them. Uh, what about the Brooklyn Nets versus the Memphis Grizzlies? Ooh, that's a great game. It's a great game. Um, that's a great game. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with the Nets in that. I think they're they're gonna be upset and against that loss against the Clippers um, at home, especially. So I think they're gonna be ready for some redemption. But I think that's gonna be a very close game, and I would not be surprised if the Grizzlies are able to fight and win that out. But I'm still gonna go with the Nets and KD in that one. Okay, and Harden playing at a great level. I, I, I got to swerve, Jay. I got to go with the Grizzlies. Hey. I, I know, I know, I know. John Moran and Desmond Bain love these games where they're 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 mm-hmm. they're outnumbered, where they, they feel like oh, we're not supposed to win. This is when they step up. So I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies on that one. Mm-hmm. And then let's keep it pushing to the Bulls versus the Magic. I'm going with the Bulls on that one. <laughs> Bulls on that one. All right. <laughs> no and Magic in Orlando. No Magic at all. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Annette, let's keep it pushing to the Pistons versus the Bucks. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Fear the deer. Fear the deer. Those are two two kind of easy ones right there. But you never count anyone out in the league, but I'm counting them out. But I'm counting them. But I'm definitely yeah. counting them out. All right. So yeah. let's talk about the Jazz versus the Pelicans. Another count out here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Jazz in that one. <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. Oh my no god. No chance. All right. What about the Denver Nuggets versus the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, I mean, sorry, the uh, the uh, Mavs. The Mavs, ooh, yeah. that's a great game. I'm gonna go with the MVP. I'm gonna go with Nikola Jokic 
and a uh, I wouldn't call it upset either. I, I just think the Nuggets are a better team than the Mavericks. So I'm gonna go with the Nuggets in that one. I'm I'm a sorry, Jay. I'm a, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Mavs. I I got I got the other European and Luca gonna take over that uh, game. So uh, go with the Mavs. He's back game. too. He's back. back too. He's Luca. Yeah, Luca Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Hookah Doncic. But mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Jay. So then let, let's talk about your Dub Nation versus the Miami Heat. Who you got on that one? That's a great game as well. I'm going to go with the, the Warriors. I know that, uh, Draymond Green was just cleared from COVID protocols and back at home. I know they're feeling that excitement from Clay returning possibly soon. So I think they're they're ready. They're motivated and they're hungry. I'm going to go with the, the Dubs in that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go with the Devs on that one too. I think that they're 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 rolling. They feel how close uh, Clay is. They feel Draymond Green coming back, and they're gonna, just gonna go ahead and take that one out. So, what about the next game, Jay? And that is the Portland Trailblazers versus the Hawks. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Hawks in that. I think just we've seen with the Lakers. I, I don't know at this point. I don't know even know if the Blazers are tanking or. What they're, they're doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're getting Chauncey Billups back. Hopefully that helps them. I know he cleared COVID protocols. So I just hope they just were able to turn something around and, and play at least a little better basketball. But I'm still going with the Hawks and that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. I want right, to see all that being I want to see Dame <laughs> respectfully, huh, Jay? Respectfully. I want to see, I want to see Dame uh, play some competitive basketball. So yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going with the Hawks on that one. And then last game of the night, Jay, is the Clippers versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. So you got on that one, my brother. I'm gonna go with the Clippers in that one as well. Um, they're just gritty. I think Ty Don is an underrated coach. Um, and he gets he always motivates his guy. And I think they like just being that underdog and being being the hunter rather than than being hunted so um I, I think the clippers are kind of enjoying that night tonight and that's why they're coming in with that chip on their shoulder ready to win so i'm gonna go with the clippers in the maybe you want to call it upset but i'm just i just think they're the better team between the two okay okay i'm i'm actually gonna swear jay i'm i'm, I'm gonna go with the minnesota tools i know cat's been under a lot of pressure the whole league's been on them so yeah. i think cat's gotta got gotta step up and have a big game man but okay all right jay so then we, so we got we got a really good slate of games coming up for monday man but jay for now i think this was a great episode brother we talked about a lot covered a lot plays uh played some games talked about some of these uh, games we saw over the weekend uh but do you got any last words to say before we close off here and into this 2020 first episode of 2022 jay nah 2022 we appreciate the support man great episode as well uh again my brother and uh yeah no appreciate everyone uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, um, hit a, get at us on Instagram, um, on Twitter at Clutch Talk Pod. That's C-L-U-T-C-H-P-O-D. And, and just get at us, man. We'd love to he- get your feedback. Um, if you have questions, concerns, suggestions of what you want to hear us talk about and cover on the show, man, we're all ears. Um, if you want to show us some love, you want to show us some hate, we all for it. We want all the smoke, man. So just come with us. 22, we're coming different, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate the support. We appreciate you listening, watching, wherever you're getting our podcast, man. So that's all I got to say, man. Man, back, Jay, 2022. I can't, I can't put it in no better words, man. We back 2022. Let's go at it, Jay. This is our year. Let's take over, brother. Sure. Let's talk family. We out.